I promise you, there's going to be a deal that comes across your desk that nobody else knows about. And it's going to be a great deal. Grab it. That's the really where the majority of human beings fail, is they're so afraid of failure that they run away from success. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Every once in a while, I get to have a special guest on Agent Power Huddle that I'm like, we're going to do something a little different today. So usually we're talking about tactical things, how to you know make money today and build your real estate business. And our, our guest today, uh, his name is Jason R. Curry. I ran into him at, at uh, one of our national EXP events a few months ago. Uh, we were actually literally ran into him. It was one of the, the 5K charity run. It was like, you know, 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning. I'm talking to Jason and I, I've known him for years, but I hadn't seen him for a few years. And I'm like, so, so what are you doing today, Jay? What are you doing these days, Jason? He's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of retired. Like, interesting. He said, no, well, I mean, I still sell houses, but like I, I got you know, into investments and uh, these are things any agents can do. I was like, okay, we got to do a podcast on this. So Jason, thank you for being here. Today, we're talking about agents investing for themselves. Uh, do you want to just kind of start, walk us through your story? Where, where do you, you got to unmute yourself and where, where do you want to start today? Um, I'll try to go as fast as possible because it was a really long story. Uh, I started out when I was 21. I bought my first three family house, um, owner occupied. Uh, before that I had lived in Australia for school and those guys only work four days a week. So they could go to the beach every day that they possibly can. Um, and that spurred my idea of I I need this life. Like I, I don't want to work. I come from Connecticut where we work seven days a week, 70 hours a week and bank as much money so that the kids could have everything in the world. But realistically, there's like very little family time where we're from. So from there, I bought that uh, and started growing a couple uh, through a couple rental properties. And that was going okay. But really what was the big changing point is a random Facebook uh, person I found selling a bathroom vanity uh, in my town that I had just moved to. So I was looking at, okay, let me meet some people in my town. Like this isn't the town, you know, these aren't the people I know. It was like 25 bucks. I was like, I'll use that at an apartment. Go meet him. He's uh, you know, a contractor who wants to get into flipping houses. Uh, so I help him find a couple of properties, flip, we do that. And then a deal came across our desk that neither of us had enough money for. And we just pitched in for it. And it was, and we, it, it wasn't like a 50, 50 split. We split profits at 50, 50, but there's been times where he's had hundred grand invested and I had zero and vice versa. From there, fast forward, uh, we leveraged the gills. We had just over a million dollars of hard money loans when COVID hit. Um, and we were paying, you know, I think we were paying $12,000 a month at that point in interest only. Uh, and we, fought through that. And one of the opportunities that came up was to buy a roller skating rink that we knew in our area. Uh, we got the numbers and the numbers were phenomenal. So we decided why not parlay our investments into this? Uh, and so I sold one of my six families. We used the equity out of that to get, uh, to get the roller skating rink. We also had to use the equity, tap into the equity to buy 11 units prior. So we had to pay that off. Um, and from there, we just been growing. I love it. And then so, and so how, tell everybody, so how old are you now? I'm 38. 
38. Okay. So by 38 years old, I mean, it, this is, this is a journey that it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Although you did pick up momentum it's in those later years. I mean, that was a very condensed version, which I appreciate, but we'll dig into some of that because I, I want to kind of get, to, we'll get to the point guys. And uh, by the end of this half an hour, we will get to in this market today, where we're at, what you would be, what you should be looking at, what you could be doing. If you're looking long-term, are you thinking two years, five years, 10 years out, right? Jason got this vision when he was 21. He's now 38. And I mean, is it a fair quote to say you could be basically retired if you wanted to be at 38 now? A hundred percent. It wouldn't even be questionable. Like, I mean, I, the only reason why, well, there's a couple of reasons why I'm not, but um, one, I actually do like what I do. Uh, but I do have a full-time admin who without her, I wouldn't have been able to sell 60, 70 homes a year at my top. Um, and I'm a big believer in the people who helped you get where you are. You don't leave them behind. And so if I never sell another home, I will somehow have to figure out how to pay her salary for the rest of my life. That's how I look at it. I love it. And, and he does run a great team in, in Connecticut, by the way, he does still sell houses, but we're focusing more on the, we'll, we'll stay on the investment side for today. Okay. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I love that concept, right? Where, if you're looking at today's marketplace, you're looking at what's going on, where would you tell them to start? And, and do they need, let's, let's talk about two different categories. Let's talk about the agent that maybe has some money. Maybe they have some equity in properties. And, maybe, and then let's also talk about the agent that, it's just start, it doesn't have any money necessarily, right? Let's talk about both camps and kind of see what, what you do. Um, so if you so if you don't currently own a home, I always believe owner occupied should be your first one. You, you know, very you know, three again an FHA loan if you can, three and a half percent. Conventional loans now are five percent down. So if you make too much money or whatnot, you could still get into a multifamily for very little down. And that will increase your return on investment significantly. I mean you literally could be living for close to free, even if you come out for a month for your place to live, no big deal because you'd be paying something more elsewhere. Uh, not only that, tenants behave better when you're on site. Like they just do. They, they they know you're there. They know you appreciate it. It's your home just as much as their home. Um, it's a great way to get your feet wet, especially if you've never dealt with tenants. It, it, they're, they're a different animal. They really are just a different animal and nothing negative about them. Honestly, like I love the tenants we have. Uh, you just got to learn how to deal with them. You really like thick skin and goes a long way. Biggest thing I tell people in the beginning, figure out what you make hourly. Now, us as realtors, we can make a lot of money hourly. I get, uh, let's say, a two-unit building in my area right now, you'll get around $3,000 a month in rent. On average, if you average it out at the end of the year, you are no more than two hours invested a month. No more. You're making $1,500 an hour. Right? Like When you put that in your mind, it allows you to deal with the stupid crap that comes along with it. Right. Like I, I laugh when I know I meet people who are making $25 an hour and they're like, I never want to be a landlord. I can't deal with tenants. I'm like, do you deal with assholes at your work? Oh, wait, am I allowed to swear here? And say whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you deal with them at your work? Yeah. And how much are you going to make at making $25 an hour? So you're dealing with them for 25 and you won't do it for 1500. And they're like, Oh yeah, there you go. Now think about your future. And that's, and we've guided a lot of people to owning numerous properties. I love it. Okay. So step one, you would say to look at owning a multifamily for yourself that you live in one unit and rent out the other units to, to keep the cost yep. down. Okay. 100%. That would be the, uh, but I, I know a couple of investors who don't believe in it because there are faster ways of making money in investments. 
but you need to learn the ropes too, Ian. Make sure like you have to have the temperament to deal with it. I just don't think there's a like a better way of making money and learning it on the go. I love that. All right, I love that. And uh, do you do you want to dig deeper in any lessons learned there? Do you want to go from there? Where, where would you go after that? After that, I would definitely um, go wholesalers. I would reach out to a lot of wholesalers, get on their list. I mean, they have really horrible deals across the board, but you only need the one gem. And we've found numerous over the last 10 years. Just, you know, there's been years where we bought three, four through them. And then there's years we don't buy any, but we look at everything that comes across our desk. Can you break down when you say a wholesaler? Like, is someone's brand new to this idea of investment? Like most people probably listening probably do, but just give us, what's your take on how would you explain what a wholesaler is? A wholesaler is somebody who rips off a seller and gets them to sell the house for grossly under what it should be. And then they make a VIG on it to resell it to somebody else. Um, and they you, will definitely have, you definitely have an interesting viewpoint on how to explain what a wholesaler is. I mean, are they all ripping off the seller? I mean, I'd like to think some of them are ethical that they actually have, you know, explained you could sell this for a lot more on, on the market, but you're going to, but you, you want an easy sale. I mean, are they all, are they all trying to, to take the van? So I, I don't believe in absolutes because there is always a way to break the chain and whatnot. I have talked to three wholesalers in the country who've explained their process where they do educate them on it by large and by the majority, 99% are totally ripping off people. Um, It's, it's, you know, I've had phone calls from sellers being like, can you sell my home? I'm like, what's going on? And they're in tears. And they're like, this guy said he was going to buy my house. It's been two months and I'm supposed to close on a new house today. And it's like, yep. Okay. Let me see what I could do. Let's see who I could wrangle. Let me like, I got to make the numbers work for some, somebody to get you that quick of a turnaround, but here's X, Y, Z. Um, I, you know, I've definitely bought off clients. It were not clients, but potential clients, but I told them this is, you know, like one, I told them, you know, I could sell it for 200 today. If you let me list, they're like, well, I don't want to list. I want to sell it to you. No, it's 130,000. That's what I could give you. You know, I've had two out of the 10 years I've been doing this that actually were like, yeah, like right. go for it. Right. Like you, you, almost, fall, actually, you almost fall out of your, you almost fall out of your chair. I'm like, seriously, like seriously, you're going to walk away. Like, but it does happen. Um, and having those options pop up. And when you, if you are a very aggressive agent and you are out there cold calling and uh, problem solving. I even swear to God, problem solving guys. If you don't problem solving, uh, prob- problem solve for your clients, you're going to get left behind. Like you need to be able to figure out ways of saving them in situations, making their lives easier or whatnot, where I've been referred people from clients like, Hey, listen, Jay's, Jay's an investor. If you want to sell it quickly, just call him up. Like, he, and we're very upfront. Like, we're not gonna, like, I'd rather you list it. And they're like, no, just do it. I, I'm done. I'm like, okay, cool. I got my parents to flip that way. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so you're reaching out, you're connecting with all the wholesalers and, and you can find them through creative investor meetings in your local area. When Where, where do you find people who are hosting? Oh, it, it's so easy. They're, they're, they're now because of the YouTube and, you know, TikTok, they're now in abundance. Um, Local Facebook groups is where most of them come from. I just pay attention to those. Just make sure you comment in those groups. Again, add add advice, help people out. If you have network of uh, you know decent plumbers and electricians, you know share them in the group so that way you're being seen. Plus, those posts that people are putting up there, like, "Hey, I got this deal. I got this deal." 
you're seeing them. Because if you're not active on those pages, you're going to get drowned out and not notice it. You need to be active to make sure you're paying attention. And when you see those deals that come out, you said a lot of them are junk deals, right? But occasionally you see a good one. Are you looking, because you mentioned flipping, but also long-term hold, right? Flipping it to me is more like you're making money. That's like a job. Whereas the long-term hold is where you built your wealth that you're now able to retire on. So are you looking for both flips and hold properties out of the, out of these wholesale deals, mainly flips? So honestly, we kind of want to just hold. Um, we do flip, but like, uh, you know, it's a lot of these wholesalers and I mean, investor agents will say, you know, great hold property or great flip property. The numbers got to be about the same if I'm going to hold it. Like if I'm trying to buy at a deal, like I'm still buying at a deal. Like it's, I'm not going to overpay. Well, I will now, but that's different. I, you know, in the beginning, I wouldn't overpay just to get a hold. Like that just doesn't make, like, I'm not going to do that. Like it need, the numbers have to be where I'm putting the work in, then I am going to get equity up front. And even though I don't care about the equity, it just means my cash flow is significantly higher. Mm, that's really interesting. So, cause whenever you hear someone that says great hold property, to me, it means there's not as much equity up front. In it. So you're looking for the ones that if, if even though it's looking for like a good flip, you want that and then you're just going to hold it anyway. Yeah. And some of our some of our holds have turned into flips where we, you know, we were like, oh, we'll do it. That, and then all of a sudden, like we happen to know somebody who's looking for this house. And it's like, yeah, let's just turn it over, sell it to them. You know, it's a great opportunity. You know, we've gotten a couple first time buyers into great deals that were ours. Like we give we give them equity when we buy when we sell it to them if we can. Like we try to really make it a win-win. Like they get a they get a, a deal that nobody else was going to get. Interesting. All right, I love it. Okay, so so we're finding ways to source source deals. Let's let's talk about the two different groups. Let's say some agents watch listening to this or watching this um, have owned a few properties. Maybe they have some equity. The market's been good the last couple of years. They're sitting on equity. What would you tell them? They like is now the time with what's going on in the market to do something with that equity to to start looking into more investments. And then in a minute, we'll go back and we'll talk about agents that might have no capital right now. What what, what you tell them to do? Um, time horizon is big on that. So we are like, I do believe we are due for a pullback. I mean, I just can't. But I, oh, there's so many different factors. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, if I'm buying today, it's because I plan on having it in 30 years. Now, that's a plan. All plans are subject to change. It's something that my wife never understands. Like, she's like, well, you said you're going to keep this forever. And now you're selling. It. I'm like, well, a different opportunity came up. Like, you always got to be prepared. Like, plans are not straight lines. Always be flexible. I never thought I'd own a roller skating rink. But guess what? It popped up. I got it. <laughs> like, um, So if you are looking for the... If you... Especially if you are, I'd say, sub 50 you should be able to be buying on a good 20-year horizon. And then it really doesn't matter what you buy. Even a bad buy today over 20 years is going to be a good buy. It's just the, the numbers are going to turn. I mean, I bought 06, top of the market. I paid good money for it. It didn't get back to 250 until COVID happened. Like you're talking a lot of years. But who cares? My tenants were paying it down. I was putting a couple bucks in my pocket. I wasn't making a killing, but I was still coming out ahead. Now I've actually paid that house off. So it really doesn't matter what happens. Like the, the, on the horizon, it does like the bigger picture. You can't stress about any little thing like that. I love it. And and if there's agents watching, and I do want to get to the roller rink, by the way, because I'm sure that sparked a couple of questions for people. But the uh, um, if you're an agent watching and you and you don't own a lot of invest properties, you don't have a lot of, you're not sitting on a lot of capital because the market's slower. Would you still would you recommend looking at investments? What what would you do? What, what would you say in that case? 
Yeah, I mean, keep looking. I promise you there's going to be a deal that comes across your desk that nobody else knows about. And it's going to be a great deal. Grab it. That's the, really where the majority of human beings fail, is they're so afraid of failure that they are they run away from success. They just run away from it because they need to analyze every little thing and whatnot. If it's that great of a deal, you should have a good enough buffer that even for the unforeseen, you're going to do okay. Like it's it's very rare that you can't that you're going to lose money, and even if you do, it's usually something unforeseen, and it's not crazy, but it's a learning experience. I've lost money on a couple flips, but guess what? I learned a lot from them. You know, and guess that's just the cost of an education. I, I love that. I love that. I just actually put a little note into Gian, who's here as a, as a uh, in our producer behind the scenes today. It was like we got to edit that out into a little clip for social media. That was a good one. I, I did it. You just summed it all up. I mean, that's such a that's perfect, Jason. All right, so um, tell me more. And by the way, just in terms of people who don't have, be sitting on capital, if you find a deal, you can always find the money. I think right now, especially, there's a lot of people sitting on money that don't know what to do with it. You find the deal, you find something that works. You could, do you agree with that? 100%. There's always somebody available. You just got to talk to numerous people. Um, if you're not joining networking groups, I mean, like I'm part of a BNI. Uh, like I know if I need something, like a guy actually put it up, he has an investment opportunity, like four or five of us chipped in on it. Like nothing crazy, you know, it was 10 grand, but that's still, you know, like there's always somebody out there. There's somebody with money sitting on it. There's somebody that could use that extra income or is happy to take that risk on you and, and grow that relationship. My biggest thing is just don't leave them behind. If you have, do find people who are willing to believe in you, like, Stay. They're they're the reason why you're succeeding at that point. I love that. All right. So so tell me about the building you owned. It was a multi unit building that you then rolled the equity into a a roller rink. Excuse the pun, but on purpose, right? You rolled the equity in the roller rink. And tell me what was it about the roller rink that you're like, I I want to own a roller rink. Uh, so that was just math. Um, everything is math based, or not everything's math based, but the vast majority of our decisions are math based. Um, we, you know, I was in my BNI and we have a commercial agent who's like, yeah, anybody want to buy a roller skating rink or know anybody that would be interested? And we're like, come on, that place is still up and running. He's like, yeah, it's like send the numbers over. And he sent the numbers and the numbers were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And it was like, it was coming with a full staff, you know, manage the, the our general manager who we gave a promotion after taking over. Um, she's been there for 30 years now. Like, like the, the ease of transition. And we knew that there was so many upgrades we could do to just modernize it. Like it was already doing very well in a very ugly, untouched way. I mean, unbelievably old school way. Like he would make the staff count plastic forks at the beginning and at the end of shift. So he knew how much waste was going on. Like it was, it, <laughs> you know, old punch card system. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like just so we just we just knew we could improve upon it and and when, and when you say number the numbers were good i'm term, term you're talking about like return on investment like for the capital like can you without getting into too much nitty-gritty detail but it, like what what do you look at that looks you're like whoa this is appealing like what sort of returns are you looking at in general so with that specific one we were looking at it as realistically we could pay ourselves a middle class salary each and still pay the mortgage and everything else and have a good buffer in there 
and we figured you know there was a plus side in there that was not necessarily on the books so we figured that there, there was only even more room that we didn't even account for um that was but i took the six family that was making me i think i was about profiting 2500 a month three grand a month so yeah, i was able to increase that instantly just by rolling it over the reason why I wanted them to have him on here, guys, was because of that story. I want you guys to start thinking creatively, right? You start with one, you come to another, and you're looking for opportunities. But uh, Patrina, by the way, said in the uh, in the chat box, one of her hobbies is roller skating. So she has a, a near and dear place in her heart for uh, the fact that you now own a, a roller skating rink. Um, we've got about 10 I'm minutes. Connecticut. Left. I'll take you. Uh, I'll bring you in. <laughs> uh, we, we have a lot of people here live. If anyone's got questions, by the way, and you, you, you know about specific investment questions or where to get started or what to do it, where you're at, Feel free to, to unmute yourself and jump in. Otherwise, I'm going to keep asking questions away to Jason. But go ahead, Rachel. You got a question? No, I have actually a ton of questions. <laughs> um, I'll start with how to contact you if, if you know, to carry on a conversation. 203-910-7602. I'll also put it in the chat just in case you didn't write it down. Perfect. Sure. And we, we, we can post it in the show notes of the podcast. And I'm glad you're asking that actually too, because some of you might look at your own market. Like I'm in San Diego. I looked at my market. I'm like, I don't know if I'm, the type of investments I'm looking at for the return here. And I started talking to Jason, like, maybe I should be looking at your market. Right. And like, so there, there's other times you network with agents like this. You're like, oh, your market has a lot of different opportunities that, that we don't, that we don't have. Anyway, all right. So I, I need more questions. So go ahead, Rachel. Um, so I'm in Massachusetts, so not too far from you. Um, and my other question is what, um, let's see, where do I start? Um, what is, what is your numbers? What are your numbers? Like how much, what do you own now in terms of multifamily? If you can, (laughs) it was like, Uh, no, I want to say door count. I'm right around 30, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as much as I love math and I'm a numbers analyzer, I am not a memorizer. Okay. So everything goes in my brain and out my brain within seconds. Like I just am very good at hard wiping my brain every 10 seconds. So like I'll like people like, oh, how much when I was very, very active, people like, how many deals have you done this year? I'm like, no idea. Like, no idea. Don't care. I don't care. I really don't care how many deals I've done this year. I care about what my next deals are. Mm-hmm. I'm very forward thinking. I don't uh, rear view mirror is just not worth my time. And I know you're supposed to know your numbers. So I'm the worst coach and the worst advisor in the world. When people ask me this stuff, I don't know my numbers and I don't <laughs> care. I just care about what's in my pipeline. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. I, um, I also like what you said about, um, don't be afraid to fail. I think, um, you know, just having a child and it, it adds a little more to my fear, but um, I have to also keep in mind, that I just need to take the plunge. Um, and then you mentioned, I I, I think, um, Jesse, uh, you were going to say, um, how does one start with no money or no capital, um, which is, I raised my hand twice for that. <laughs> um, I just, I, I really want to start investing, but it's just like where to start and it's hard. It's definitely hard when you don't have money. So you need to be networking <laughs> and getting other people in your corner. Um, there are some little things you could do. Um, I know in my state, and I don't know if it's countrywide, but I believe it is countrywide that you could get line of credits from your local banks okay. for a for your business. Okay. So as a realtor, 
I was able to get a $50,000 line of credit. Uh, my business partner as a contractor was able to get $250,000 line of credit. Okay. We've now used that those to buy hmm. two properties so far. Um, they're 9% interest. So it's like hard money, but I'm not paying all the fees attached to it. And I get to take it as I want. I don't have to jump through hoops. I am a big person on path of least resistance. I'm not looking to do extra work. I'd rather pay a little more just so I don't have to deal with extra work. And that's why my hard money lost our business. They were super easy to work with in the beginning. And then they started like analyzing. I'm like, guys, you've made more money off my deals than I've made on my deals. And you're going to complain like you want to deep dive all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll find another way to do it. I'm just not wasting my time on that. But hard money is definitely a good way to go if you need to, but you need to make sure that you now put it into your con- to your analysis that there's enough buffer with paying the high ass interest to mm-hmm. that you're still going to come out ahead. Okay. But coming out ahead, again, I do have clients who are like, "Oh, I need to make 20,000 or 40,000 or 70,000." Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're not literally there hammering a nail, you know, dealing with sewage lines mm-hmm. and you, you were supposed to make 40 and you ended up only making five. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You still got a head and you got an education and you learn things across the way. Yeah. Like it's not a, like it's the bigger picture and your money was going to go, it was going, you made money with somebody else's money. So that was still five grand that you didn't have. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And when you're doing that, the tax benefits are numerous. That's a whole, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. We got about that. I love, I, I didn't even think about diving into that one, Jason. All right. So they got about four minutes, but Petrina, do, those are great questions, Rachel. Petrina, yeah. do you have a question also? Yes. Jason, I would like to ask someone that reached out to me and asked if I would invest in their investment, um, a certain amount of money. How much should I be expecting in return on the investment of cash that I'll be giving to the investment? Uh, that's very situational um, and it's risk tolerance. I, If I'm going to invest with somebody else, I need a big portion. I need a good return, at least 20, 25% return on my investment um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people will disappear and steal that money. So you need to have it enough that it, the, the risk was worth the reward. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you don't know them intimately or their projects intimately, Okay. Right. Like, you know, really, really think about that hard and long. Now, if you are the full financial backer, then 50%. Okay. Not full. No. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. We got two minutes left. Do you have any last advice, Jason, before we wrap up? You already gave out how people could contact you. I think it's been a fun conversation, but do you have any any advice that you'd leave people with? What, what, what would you say to kind of kind of pull it together? Pull the trigger, hit the phones. It's there's just no like you'll get business and you'll get investments. You just can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. That's I love that. Short and sweet, right? Because that's the beautiful thing as an agent, right? You're either going to find stuff that you want to own or you're going to find stuff that you could sell. Either way, either way, you're doing it. I love it. All right. So, um, gosh, I can't even recap all the takeaways you just gave me in this episode. I have like a page full of notes. It's so good. Um, Listen, I I have plenty of time. So if I know you guys are recording for 30 minutes, but if you guys want to stay on and chat, I'm more than happy to. That's awesome. If you guys have questions, we'll, we'll... 
Jason, I just appreciate how much you're willing to like give back. Do like that's that's my last question. If I got if I got one minute one minute left, what's next for you? You said you're a forward thinking person. Where where do you go when you hit this point? Where do you go from here? So, <laughs> um, eventually, we really want to build like an 80 unit building, like from scratch. Like we really want something big and monstrous. Uh, but honestly, my business side of things, like I'm, there's a couple things I'll do. Like I'm going to get my um, insurance license because I have so many properties. I might as well be getting the VIG on that. Plus, again, I got clients who want me to do it for them. They're like, eh, they're happy with me. Uh, I started the property management company for my clients, which is doing well. I'm taking that very slowly because I want to make sure I get everything fine-tuned before I start growing that. But really, it's just golf, snowboarding, fishing, traveling. That's what I want to... like. I mean, I golf probably four days a week now. Um, it's, you know, I want... I it, it, Bigger thing is, I will say this, and I need to start working on the plan, but, but I want to give interest-free loans to first-time home buyers. I want to do it where they get into their get into an investment interest free. I already have it planned out. It'll be a five year note, um, thirty year arm on a zero percent interest, where I will get one of the local banks to immediately take it over at the five year mark, so they have a stupid amount of equity, and then we could turn around and put that into the next guy and tra- teach them on how to get free. I love that. What a what a cool what a cool way to wrap this up. We're gonna end the official podcast here. But for those of you that are here with us live, here's one of these bonus sessions, right? You get to hang out. Jason's like, I'm gonna hang out and answer Q- questions, do Q and A. So uh, those of you listening to the uh, the recording later, thanks for checking us out. This is a Jason. This is fantastic. Um, everybody else, you get to hang out, and be here live, and uh, Jason's gonna hang out and answer some more questions. So see you guys in a bit. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.